0: In this week's episode, I was pretty desperate to get out into the real world and find a safe way of meeting an actual hospitality professional in the flesh. So I've kept it pretty local and I visited the Captain's Club Hotel in Christchurch, Dorset. Now I've been wanting to chat to MD Tim Lloyd for a while. I knew his story was a great startup success. From honing his skills in hotels on an employed basis to learning the art of the restaurateur with his own ventures, to taking all of that knowledge and finally getting to apply it in his very own hotel with his partner, Rob. And the captain's club is a special kind of place Whether simply attracting the locals for a light lunch, or maybe a few cocktails as the sun sets over the beautiful river right outside, or perhaps mingling with famous guests such as Hugh Grant or even the Gallagher brothers, they've really found a way of becoming the heart of their local community. Tim's very humble and he's easy to chat with about the journey. He makes it all sound too easy with a detail here and the right team member there, but Tim and Robert have an attention for detail and a genuine love for their crazy hospitality adventure, no matter how challenging it gets. And they've certainly had their challenges. From planning permission impacting the business model, leaving them just one million pounds short of having enough money to open up. And then having finally got the doors open, wondering if they'd run out of cash before they could turn their dream into a success. But 14 years later, they're still going strong, or at least they were until the pandemic struck. But in typical Tim's style he's taking it in his stride and whilst nervous about the future he and Rob are investing in the property and more than hoping they are planning on reopening for a busy summer this year. I hope you enjoy this chat about perseverance and the meandering journey life can sometimes take but how if you simply take the first step then the adventure can be pretty rewarding and exciting. Enjoy the show. Tim Lloyd, uh, Managing Director of the Captain's Club Hotel. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Although really, I should say, I'm joining you. Uh, and what a treat it is to finally get to come and do one in face to face. You've got, uh, couldn't be more COVID secure, really, could we? Because we've got an entire
1: hotel uh, to ourselves. But for people
0: listening, can you just explain where in the world are we, please?
1: Yeah, yeah we're here in uh, Christchurch, Dorset, um, which is sort of in between Bournemouth and the New Forest. Um, We're right on the River Stour, which is a great location. Um, Sadly, we're empty at the moment, like everybody else, as we're in another lockdown. Um, But yeah, we're here and uh, ready to tell the story. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. you
0: very kindly sat me with the view as well, Tim, which is very kind of you. You've got got your back to the river. (laughs) I know, but
1: it's a shame it's a miserable day today. It's raining and we should be outside on the terrace with the gin and tonic. And here we are inside with a coffee. I was so
0: excited (laughs) to actually get to come and chat to somebody locally, because I've done so many of these recently. Uh, on uh, you know the sort of Zoom equivalent, I suppose ZenCast, or I should give them a plug. That's the app I use. And uh, yeah, but what a treat it is to come and actually have a cup of coffee and a proper chat. So, mm-hmm. um anybody locally, Bournemouth Way, will, will definitely know this hotel. It's exceptionally well known. You've got an incredible location. You've got a great reputation. But for those people sort of who don't know it, can you just explain a little bit about the Captain's Club? How many rooms? Sort of size of the restaurant? Just some, some maybe some numbers that give people context.
1: Yeah. Okay. We're um we were newly built 14 years ago. Um, which um, we have 29 units of accommodation, but actually that's 44 bedrooms because we've got 12 two and three bedroom suites. So it makes it sort of quite different. Um, so it very much attracts the family market as well because all the, uh, all the suites have their own living rooms and kitchen dining areas and our unique thing is all the rooms are river facing so there's no back rooms whatsoever so there's no glimpses no car park views everything is of the river and the great thing about this location is the rivers a very busy river so not only have we got all the boats we've got we're right next door to the rowing club here in christchurch and they do a lot of training um so there's always activity going on both sides and we're on the other side of the river it's the um Stampitt marsh and Angusbury head nature reserves which is just great for people to go and visit and it's so close by and we're lucky to have a ferry right outside the door so it literally takes people across the river when they want to walk down Tengsbury Head or they can take a boat right down to the uh, beach houses at Muddyford which are are very famous um, across the world for being so expensive. I mean, yeah, being really pricey, <laughs> Being really pricey. More expensive than sandbags, I think, on I, they are. They are. One's they, just so sold for over £350,000. Oh, really? And bear in mind there's no toilets and That's no hot and cold running water. Yeah, it's, I mean, they're um, tiny,
0: aren't they? They must be, I don't know, 15-foot really square, maybe, yeah. something like
1: that. I think it's just a unique location and the peaceful environment, and it's just somewhere different for people to and go. And the
0: fact they can get the ferry here for a gin and tonic. And, and the fact, the fact they, they can come up here for a gin and tonic
1: or lunch. We're very much... A community-based hotel in the fact that we we attract people who are locals as well as people come from further afield we um, we we say our audience gets younger as the day goes on Um, we have quite a great um, local um, older following should we say Um, we're always criticized for being the oldest town in in the country for people who are resident but um, Believe me, everybody's vibrant and happy to go and, and, and great fun. So Is that um, actually true, is it? Is it yeah, the oldest it is. Town? Yeah, Christ it is. It. Really? It is, yeah. It's got the um, reputation for being the place to retire. Right. Um, but, you know, people come here because they want to move to somewhere. I just if, gives it's, got, them if it's
0: got the official stats of being the oldest place, yes. that would be a good thing, because that would mean that presumably it just means everybody lives a long time. Which, it I does, mean, yeah, absolutely. It's such a beautiful absolutely. spot, isn't yeah. it? And the really? good
1: thing is, from before... Um, obviously, not with interest rates being so low, but the disposable income was pretty good, yeah. so we were lucky to gain from from people who want to spend a bit of money, come for yeah. morning coffee maybe lunch um, afternoon tea, and then uh, as was um we had a quite, you know we've got a quite a large bar food and beverage area um, Some people even consider us to be a sort of restaurant with rooms as, as it is a big food and beverage operation. Um, so we have uh, 100 covers across the restaurant and lounge area and we've obviously we've had to make some changes with the COVID so our lounge area is now moved we've moved that into the function room because obviously we can't do any functions and we've extended the restaurant with spacing so that we can accommodate probably 120 now. Um, okay. down that's here. that's a good idea, is, isn't it? Yeah. And how yeah. many can you
0: sit on the terrace? Because that's
1: massive as oh, well. That's, that's uh, 120 <laughs> again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, And yeah. then what yeah. more is there like And that's um, because of social distancing. That's where it all laid out separately. Right. So it is more yeah. and can be more. Because obviously the, the terrace extends all the way along the front of the river and um, in front of our function rooms as well, which... Are usually good places for weddings and events, but um, amazing. i have forgotten how
0: I haven't not not been for a couple of years, to much to my shame, and I'd forgotten how beautiful it was. Because I've got, I can walk to my place, which is also very (laughs) lucky to have it on on the seafront. Yeah, you've got a great location. Yeah, it's (laughs) lovely. But you're right, actually, in the fact that. And rivers in many ways are better because you know you've you've got so much going on, haven't you, with, mm. the, with the boats and the people coming past
1: and yeah, all that. I kind think of the stuff. activity's so, great. Yeah. We'll call it a draw, Tim. Absolutely. I, like, I, like, Absolutely. I like the picture. I can Absolutely. watch the sunset. Yeah, and, you uh, can.
0: And you and you've got the people. And you've so, got the surfers. Yeah, I've got the surfers. Yeah, I've got the reef. <laughs> yeah. Let's not let's not, not go there. <laughs> Um it, it is really unique and uh and became really well known very quickly when you established it are you you know are you from bournemouth and and was there a sort of a gap in the market when you when you set this place up you know were you trying to do something different and, and what sort of opportunity did you see
1: yeah um i think it was a unique opportunity because it was the first time uh, a new build was going to go anywhere near christchurch and um i do have to say the uh planning was a quite a difficult time for us that's one of my questions actually so yeah what what a surprise they're normally so amenable I know (laughs) I know I know I think because the at the time it's Christchurch Town Council uh, well Borough Council and um, a few of the uh, councillors have been well established in position for a long time and I think to have something that was modern um, in fact one of the one of the councillors made reference to it being a monolithic monstrosity on the riverside, which is a quote that stayed with us for a long time. Do you you have that at the bottom of (laughs) a brochure somewhere? (laughs) Monolithic monstrosity, Monstrosity, it's quite hard to say, isn't it? Um, And, I mean, I think there were the... The opportunity came for us to buy the land when it was on the site of the former Pontins holiday camp. I remember that, And that was demolished. And the rule of the um, site was that there had to be some tourism function going on, and that had to be a major part of the development. Um, We were not the people involved in the first instance because um, somebody was put up plans to do a hotel for all, which um, with, with full access for all disabled people right across the board. Um, It was a a unique development. Um, Sadly for them, probably beneficial for us, they couldn't get the funding to to deliver the project. Um, So when the opportunity came again for us to to buy the land, um, we went into partnership with somebody, a developer who'd um, had the opportunity to buy the land. So we went in on sort of 50-50 partnership. Um, and the idea was was going to be relatively simple. They were a developer, they were going to build it, and we, as, as my partner Robert, uh, we're hoteliers, with background of, as being hoteliers, um, we're going to have the opportunity to run it, and it was all going to be fantastic. Um, and then, of course, it was my job to go to the bank and find the funding to support our project. And at the time, um, p- probably 16 years ago, um, it, we, it had become quite uh, common in London, for example, to, to do a guest invest program. So people had the opportunity to, for example with us to purchase the suites, to have them as sort of second homes, and sort of not make the project self-funding, but it would, it, but it would help with the, the costs of the development and it was a great opportunity as we had the opportunity of having the 12 suites in our plans. Um, that did not come off um, because we went had to go to the bank and and do the business plans, and it turned out that anybody buying a second home in an, as an investment like ours, um, it involved VAT payment on top, which people couldn't claim back. Um, so basically, it was it was going in the sort of wrong direction, but fortunately, we had a very supportive bank uh, at the time, NatWest, who we are still with now, um, and we decided that it was an opportunity to, to do it without it being, um, having other people involved in, in living here, make it, make it much more easy to, to, to run. Um, so that's sort of what we, we did. But of course, condition of that was it had to be built by a uh, commercial build company, as opposed to a private development company, which meant that the people we were in, on board with were not able to build it. We had to go to outside contractors mm-hmm. Um, which was MOLUM, the MOLUM Group, who subsequently were bought out by Carillion. And, um, you know, it happened to them. But fortunately, (laughs) we got through the majority of our time of insurance with with MOLUM Group. So, um, yeah, it was all right. We we, we did it and we built it. So we did part company with uh, the two people we were he went into business it was, with it was Eddie Mitchell originally yeah. wasn't yeah, it absolutely. So yeah 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 who, uh, and Brenda yeah yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. He was, he's, he's an, I was going to ask if he was if he was involved because he's an interesting character Yeah. So, or whether he was involved in the day to day running but was he was he 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 wasn't he no. was part of the team he was part in the of the opening days. team he
1: was part of the design team well okay. uh, yes yeah, so you can recognize probably the features of the building yeah, yeah, um there's some fine lines with the with the architecture that he developed right. on Sandbanks um yeah and, and for you know we felt sorry because it was a shame that he couldn't fil- fulfill his part of the yeah. dream, but um, um, we we split amicably. Um, he went his way, and we went ours. And okay. um,
0: because yeah. um, that, was, that was my
1: other question, I suppose around,
0: you know, quite. I, I always think people listening. Um, you've got all sorts, you know, listening to the podcast. Some people are very well established, but I think it's always good for new people coming into the industry to work out, you know, how you uh, how you can develop. So. Um, Richard from CalCop, uh, who I was chatting to last week, was great in the fact that, you know, they started with seven bedrooms, uh, selling granny's house, you know, and then then did end up having to get a customer to invest in the business to uh, enable it to develop. But I think it's quite a nice story that, you know, you can start with nothing. This was a big project for your sort absolutely. of first yeah, you know, own hotel, yeah, was, it, it was. was it 8 million or something yes, yes know, you know, was. To actually build yes, it yes. Um, so the the, the the financing of that clearly you didn't have 8 million but the bank will <laughs> help because I, mean, I suppose normally a place like this would have been that mixed residential use yeah, absolutely. Uh, and all that kind of stuff but yeah, some, and as some, I
1: say that's when it started and when the numbers added up it was with the investment from the people outside yeah um, Yeah. Um fortunately exactly the same as you just said about Richard at Calcott, same happened here we had um, two of our friends who for many many years and um, we were restaurateurs in the town before who are long-standing customers of ours um, did come along and our um, invest it okay. did help us to, to carry on with the yeah, dream yeah. as Brilliant. it were yeah. and they are re- remain as um, silent okay. partners Brilliant. in the business and we also have um, Robert's close friend well are both are close friends but Robert went to school with uh, Sarah Ross and um, Sarah's also involved with us she's got her own business in Bristol but she uh she looks after or supports me with the finance aspect of the building and about everything that's going on here. But she's a, a great strength and having the background with us yeah, as well. Amazing. So so, I think so it's good, it's team because it needs it, as you say. We're we're just you know, two, uh, two hoteliers and, you know, this is a big project. It is, yeah, yeah. yeah. You
0: weren't Basically, you were, you know, multi-millionaires. I think I read right. somewhere how annoyed you get when everybody goes, oh, the owners of the Captain Club, multi-billionaires, yeah. you know, the they time. bought themselves another Range Rover. <laughs> I know, I week. know, exactly. I get the same as a, a, a New York system, you know, yeah. much more prestigious, but I get the same with having a couple of restaurants and people always think you're loaded and you think, oh my goodness. Yeah, I know, if anything, they knew. Saw what goes on <laughs> behind the scenes. But I think it demonstrates with these things, you, you know, you're just going to be brave enough to start, haven't you? Yeah. Um, and once you've started, you know, th- it's going to go one way or the other. Or you're either going to find a way and, and navigate your way through, and yeah, whether it's c- customers, friends, or you know, something will happen. But I think too, too many people uh, are afraid to just you know just start the process, and, yeah. and ultimately. You know, all too often somehow the stars align. So well, uh, no, that's good. So that residential element, because I, I suppose that was my question when, when, you know, with other people in the running, because it's an amazingly unique location to find, and so good. You know, all, all too often places like this do just end up with a super luxury block of flats. Most of the river, certainly on this side of the river, seems to be sort of private houses and yes, stuff like that. Is. Was there a danger at any point that it would just become resi, or was it, it was basically locked into planning that it no, had to be something? It, it commercial was and, it
1: was completely locked into planning that had to be something to do with. Touring tourism because um the effects of losing pontins was huge here the impact on the on the town i remember we had to um do an economic impact report to show how much we were going to generate and they were looking it at it against what uh, pontins did before well i mean they had A huge area behind us now here at the hotel is a residential development which was part of the site, which is where all the chalets were and their swimming pool was, and and where we are now is is slightly back from where their big ballroom was and their their sort of dining area. Um, But obviously the turnover in guests at Pontins was huge, and um, I remember when we first came to Christchurch in the early 80s, when we, I'll explain why we came to Christchurch, Um, but in front of our restaurant, which was in Church Street, right by the Priory, in the evenings you couldn't put a stick between the people walking down that would come, and all the shops would be open and stay open until 10 o'clock in the evening, and it was huge. I mean, I mean, our restaurant was uh, sort of two a rosette, so it was used as special occasions, but we definitely, you know, we benefited from from people who were staying here at, at Pontins, and um, so the the effect it had on the town when it closed was 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 huge which is why they put the condition on that this would need to be tourism right. um and it, i'm glad it has yeah definitely yeah.
0: no i always think you know much as I, I moan about planners as well as i'm sure you do at least some some things are protected why did pontins sell do you know did they just need the it wasn't to, be, the
1: to be honest it wasn't a big enough site for them no. and uh, uh, things were developing i mean they were going to have to compete with the likes of the developing new center parks ideas mm. and the um so it was it just wasn't um wasn't wasn't it right for them to continue on this site, um, but it's quite interesting because uh, one of our very first employees here, her mother was a. Was a PA to Fred Pontin, and he was based here. Wow. So she comes in with some stories. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it? I love it. Yeah. She, yeah. yeah, she comes in and she goes, "That member of style wouldn't be here if Fred <laughs> was here." And so oh gosh, <laughs> <laughs> you know? yeah, Excellent. she's quite be- overbearing, <laughs> but yeah, 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 yeah. the good stories.
0: Yeah, still, still get that level of feedback. Um, so prior to this, then you know, you, you had at least had a career in hospitality. You mentioned then the yeah. restaurants. So can you just tell me about? Yeah, hotel? how you. long well, were you? did you have the restaurants and what
1: were they? Okay, well, well, I started. Um, Um, from the age of sort of 15 when I wanted to go into hotels and at 16 I went to catering college I came from a small village in North Wales um, so um, hospitality was sort of very different I hadn't I was a farmer's son and we didn't go on holiday um, at all but I did experience a holiday at the age of 14 which was funny really because it was a trip um, with friends of ours, um, and it was to the Isle of Wight, close to here. But it was the very first time I'd actually stayed in a hotel, and I was absolutely fascinated with it, and I was just couldn't believe it. And it was such a great. Um, if you looked at that hotel now, it's closed down, and it's. Um, and at the time, it was more coach holidays and things like that. But but for me, who hadn't experienced anything like it. It was it was wonderful, and um, I came back home to North Wales and realised that's what I wanted to do as a career, I wanted to be in hotels. Um, So I did go to to college and I had some good placements. And it's when I joined Forte Hotels as one of my placements, which was at the Castle Hotel in Windsor. And fortunately, I had a great time there. And I was offered the opportunity to go back as an assistant manager once I'd graduated, which I did at the age of 20. And um, I spent four years as banqueting and conference manager there, which was an amazing experience because it was a big facility within the hotel, and um, obviously being so close to Windsor Castle, we had lots of royal events and, and dignitaries, and Prince Philip was a member of the Rotary Club that we looked after um, on a Monday evening. And um, yeah, it was it was, it was it was great fun. Um, and with that company, I was able to um, develop to my first deputy manager position in Stratford-upon-Avon, and then I moved to Bath when, um, they were investing in the Bath Spa Hotel, which was to be the first five-star hotel outside of London for them, and it was a new build, well, partly new build, partly refurbished, and um, it was a great, great opportunity. Um, Sadly, it was the recession um, hit just after we opened, so um, we had to make a lot of the staff redundant, which was a really difficult time, and it was where I met Robert, who's partner now, and um, he was looking after food and beverage there, and I was deputy manager. And um, after probably three years there um, I took the opportunity to to leave um, to s- develop our own business um, and we wanted to get our own hotel um, that's easier said than done so we mm-hmm. thought we'd have a stepping stone so we looked for restaurants and it didn't matter where that restaurant would be. Um, in fact, to be honest when we did have the first time we had the details for the splinters restaurant that dropped on our um through the letterbox um it was way overpriced so we didn't even look so at it you were living in bath at the time yeah and splinters and quite that's a good yeah yeah exactly cast the net yeah rich all Pretty around right. wherever it was oh. and then the the details came back again we'd looked at a few restaurants and then one dark dingy horrible it was around um, sort of february time we came down to have a look at the restaurant and um and it was that usual adage of when somebody's selling a business the the coffee pot was on the smell (laughs) of the aroma was great um and unbeknown to us the business had actually closed although they didn't sort of make that clear it was we're reopening at easter was the message that you know we're just having a little break but they had closed but um you know they had spent a lot of money on it refurbishing it which was which was great so um yeah we took the plunge then which was early 80s, um, came to the restaurant um, and opened in the Easter, and what was to be a two-year stepping stone turned into a 10-year stay. You. Um, and, and you know the interesting thing about it is that the restaurant's been there 50, 60 years, it's got a reputation, and it's only had four different owners in all that time, so mm. it's quite incredible, yeah. really. Um, but what we did was we Expanded the restaurant. We bought the restaurant that was next door. Well, it was a bookshop at the time. It was called Bookends, and we transformed it into a, a delicatessen, sort of a new because that had to have retail on the ground floor, and we had a restaurant on the first floor, and it was called Pomeries, and that was re- you know really successful, and um, it was only when Fishworks had the opportunity to come into Christchurch, we knew Mitch Tonks, and he wanted to develop at the time expand his business from Bath. And um, we sold to him ah, to develop Fishworks. Right. Um, okay. So I, I hadn't
0: worked out yeah what what the trigger was. Yeah. To say he's, he's uh, yeah canny that Mitch isn't he? He's, he's been on the podcast as well. Yeah. Right? So, yeah he's he's, uh, he's just done so well with that business. I think in the Southwest, you know, it's unusual because you know a lot of people would look at the locations or certainly the towns where he's located. And, you know, I think he's, because he's chairman or some sort of role with Hawksmoor as well. They were yes. very open about, you know, yeah, Manchester, absolutely. Edinburgh, yeah, yeah, London, yeah. New York. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there he is, you know, grafting away down in the Southwest that yeah. makes these amazing restaurants work. So yes, yeah, he's I mean,
1: Fishworks was, was difficult yeah, for n- him not that as well. One. Yeah, <laughs> no, that one. But um, yeah, no, it's great. The Rockfish now is open in pools. Isn't it, it has. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's great. Yeah, so no, so yeah, uh, I haven't been to well. that one, but yeah.
0: yeah. Okay, so, so you ran the restaurant for 10 years. Clearly you transfer if it was closed at the time, presumably was because it wasn't running that successfully what did you change (laughs) that that made it such a success do you think
1: well we didn't really know we were doing anything to change to change it but i think because we were complete owner operators um it was literally um robert and myself and we 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 brought two people with us from bath um rob reese was our first head chef you need to do an interview with him he's um He's a he. He lives in um, Melbourne now. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. But he's good. I would go personally. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, he's done really well, and he's been given. He was given an MBE for his services to oh, really? um, school meals here in the UK uh, before uh, he left, and he, and he was a like deputy, deputy the lieutenant is. of Gloucestershire. Okay. But anyway, he was our first head chef, nice. and I think it was because we were all hands on. We were there for all the services we did, and I think we just built up a local reputation, which yeah. I think fortunately followed us here so it yeah, was definitely. great yeah
0: Yeah. okay interesting how many covers was Swinches? 40 okay plus, yeah it was plus very it floor. was
1: sort of a unique um how can i say it it was a restaurant where you had a journey in those days so you see so you arrive for a drink in one area you then move through to have your meal and then you were taken upstairs to the lounge to enjoy your coffee and liqueurs nice so i think it was a real journey yeah as opposed to probably anything that's yeah. similar Yeah, no,
0: absolutely yeah and, 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 and a little bit different so you'd always known then because there was a bit of a time gap was it four years between closing or yeah. selling the restaurants and opening the hotel but at yeah. that point of sale you you still had that motivation you knew you were going to open a hotel at some point yeah
1: you? that mo- the the whole motivation was to do that right. um absolutely and you were um, looking for looking for a existing
0: hotel exist- did you look at many or
1: yeah um pff- not that many um I think we were excited once with the opportunity of a new build somehow if we could do it Um, but we were invited to be um, to join another hotel group as sort of co-directors but that isn't really what we wanted to do we wanted something that was our own um, or really our own project so um, So how long
0: long were you looking before this opportunity came up in that four-year gap was it oh I it no it was
1: to be honest it, it, it we were pretty much on to when we when we when we finished the sale right. we were pretty much on to the project because in, it was ready waiting because there's an awful lot to do beforehand well so, yeah that's um, why I wondered is how yeah how long so I was st- the, I was um, I stayed on with the company to to look after the project and um, Robert went to work as i mentioned sarah earlier went to work with sarah and then he was involved a lot with the interior design right. of the hotel okay and i was involved with the setup of the finances and everything that was going on right and it was did great did you flip a coin was, for that or that yeah. was just your natural uh, <laughs> i think it was our natural way i'm not interior designer okay. <laughs> no. I wondered, yeah, <laughs> he's, he's, he's 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 you know pretty has a sharp eye for that yeah and bear in mind as we say it was a you know we're not a huge company, and yeah. it, we were going to the bank hand cap in hand for money. So it was very, very much a value engineering project to, to yeah. get us through, uh, you know. In yeah. fact, to be fair, at the end of our first calculations, we were, and it is a million, and we were a million short on what we needed. And um, well, I still think that's pretty our good. bank <laughs> manager was... Um, he he sort of did help us through that, but he certainly gained on that because he had a ten percent arrangement fee, which was a million pounds. Yeah. <laughs> That's an awful lot of wow. money. Um, yes, yeah, So, um, <laughs> but but we got there. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay. Well, it's uh, yeah impressive. So from that design aspect again, because you know i was genuinely interested. I suppose is you, you you know you hadn't come. You're not architects. You know you hadn't come no. from that design, but you you were working with people who did get that, or were you very much kind of sitting down going? right you know we want a kitchen here we want a restaurant here you know this is this is the layout where did that come from
1: and the I- the original layout came from um, Eddie's professional um background um and he had his architects involved from the beginning and basically it was trying to work um the best we could on the footprint we had and um yeah there are some design issues here and we had a design issue that you couldn't get from one end of the hotel to the other, which was fundamental for us well, without um, going outside. Without you know. going outside, which is, is now still the same. We okay. have got a door between the restaurant and the function <laughs> room now in the middle, which we did put in before we opened, but it wasn't there at all on the original plans.
0: Because um, that, that, that was going to be yeah. yeah. Well, I it's interesting these things that come up. I've said before about Michael Bremner, who um, was a chef I interviewed in Brighton, and he's very much a chef, so it was all about the food. And uh, I tell this story a few times, but it always makes me chuckle and reminds me that, you know, for chefs, it's always about the food. But he managed to open a restaurant and it wasn't really until he opened that he realised that he hadn't put a bar in because it was so much about food. Yeah, and he's yeah. like, oh, yeah, where are we going to make the cocktails? You know, where do we really do the drinks?
1: And we yeah. had to, he
0: had to retrofit a bar. So it's funny the things you don't notice I know. When, when things are on paper, basically. Isn't
1: it? I think the um, the hardest thing for us was, was the... We we knew we had to have quite a bit of storage area, as you do, um, but all our storage areas were being taken up by plant because we know we decided that it was we had to have air conditioning, particularly in the lounges of the suites because they're all front-facing, it's all glass, it gets yeah. hot. Um, and we had to have air conditioning in the bedrooms and here on the ground floor. And everywhere we are going, suddenly the storage was disappearing and plant was going in place. And um, so eventually now, after we have have opened um we've had to develop areas out back so we've got you know our walk-in fridge is outside in a different area our cold store is outside in a different area because we just didn't have the space inside and we just you know and and we've had to expand uh, cupboards in the corridor to make the the function cupboard uh, sorry corridor smaller so that we've got storage area um, yeah. to put tables and chairs. Oh, it's just. It's funny. Things you'd think, you'd think with a brand new build, you'd have right. <laughs> well, yeah, but it's just,
0: it's, I always find it refreshing that this isn't the case because, you know, same every, every building, well, to be fair, we haven't done a new build. So you'd like, like you say, you'd like to think with a new build, you could do it. But mm. God, every building I've got is just such a pain. To find. Yeah. Well, one our walk in uh, fridge down at the seafront restaurant is, is up three flights of stairs because really? yeah. yeah. there was nowhere to put it. Yeah. And we ended up having to, yeah, literally that, you know, mm. sort of bolt it onto the top. Yeah. side of a building yeah and uh, an operation you know it's an absolute uh, absolute nightmare so um, so yeah I suppose was there, did you have to do any kind of significant building work post opening where you had to change something was there any biggie or just just that just that door so you could actually get from the building
1: <laughs> no that was the, that was the the only thing we're, we're lucky actually we um, we got 90% right okay um, so he was able to operate straight from day one um, And you had the spa
0: from day one as well. Yeah, the spa
1: from day one. It's a small spa, um, but it was something at the time that we felt um, essential. I mean, at the time when we opened here, we were the um, sort of premier hotel in Christchurch. It wasn't necessarily a a destination for for four-star hotels. It was um, very much a bed and breakfast, guest house, three-star hotels, um, lots of caravan Parks, etc. So it was a different market, and we were we, we were looking at attracting different people because we felt that Christchurch had an awful lot to offer. And I remember at the time, maybe somebody you've interviewed, I'm not sure, um, Nick Roach from Harbour Group, um, who owns the Harbour Group, um, telephoned and said and asked us about what we were doing here, and t- told us that he'd got the opportunity to um, develop the um, Christchurch. Um, which was the Avonmouth Hotel, um, into the Christchurch Harbour Hotel, which was their first one, and um, asked whether he thought it was a good idea. And I think, to be honest, from from our perspective, we felt that, yes, if he invested there, um, it was much more attractive to the area to have competition or to have similar standard hotels in order to make it much more of an attractive destination to people coming away, um, so that we worked in tandem on that. Obviously, he's a slightly different position and expanded, and yeah. they've got 16 <laughs> hotels now, and we're still here with off, our one. I <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know, <laughs> yeah. but but it did show that Christchurch that we we're confident in what Christchurch had to offer, yeah. and we feel that. And it's worked. So Would well, yeah. you want 16
0: hotels? No, no, exactly. No. <laughs> I think no. No. Uh, no. Like all these opportunities <laughs> crop up. And oh my god! Please don't let me have any yeah. more. Um, I've got to ask before we move on: Was the kitchen big enough when you opened? Were- yes, it was. Okay, yeah. that's impressive. Because yeah. everywhere I go, yeah. all of my chefs always are always like, "I can't believe you've given us such a small kitchen."
1: So well, what we did at the beginning um, in an area here, we have an open-plan coffee bar area in the in on our ground floor. Um, we had that as a satellite kitchen. Okay, so we actually did food from there. For, for for in here in the bar area. But then realised that our offering could be more extensive. So we were able to relocate that back into the main kitchen. Um, and it worked. It was it's big enough size. Yeah, that's good. So yeah, we are lucky.
0: Our main reason for building the wood oven, which is you know next door to my restaurant yeah. as a takeaway, was just because the kitchen was too small I and mean, we just yeah. need we just need an extra yeah. kitchen. So, uh, okay. well, people
1: say we should put um, that sort of th- facility on our terrace. You yeah. Know, so yeah, um, you could you could put a nice sort of yeah, uh, gos- Gosney oven out there yeah, and a little plug for, um, yeah. Yeah, for Gosney locals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it be, would be, be, yeah, yeah. be lovely.
0: Um, so do you remember then? You know, hats off to you for for building it and creating it. So you know, go back to that sort of opening night or opening week i suppose um were you are you still i guess but you know were you very hands on and do you remember how it felt that first week and and what was the reception was it was it was it chaos or actually
1: the very first week was absolute chaos in the fact that um we were due to open on the friday and we'd got everything arranged we got a civic lunch here we got the mayor coming to cut the ribbon and we got everything planned and um on the Monday, there was contractors everywhere, and I remember we sat outside um, Eddie and Brenda were still involved then and Sarah was here and um, Eddie said we're not it's not going to happen. it will not happen on Friday let's face it it just isn't and I said, well, "There is no choice in hospitality <laughs> there is no choice. We are opening on Friday, and we will open on friday and um Okay, you said, right, that's fine then. So it's all hands on deck. And um, yes, it is all hands on deck. And we did manage to get to the Friday and we did manage to do our civic lunch. It was the first lunch we'd actually ever done. So it's the first time the kitchen had been used (laughs) and it was 100 people. And it was, um, but we did deliver. But I remember the the, the ironic thing about that was we did a a key ceremony. So basically, as with all hotels, once they open... They never close. Well, that's, what we, that's, that's <laughs> what we thought. So it is a shame. But we, we actually had the disappearance of the key. So we had a big, a big symbolic key on the stage and we had a sort of um, some pyrotechnic and we lost the key and it was, we'd e- ever be open. And here we are this year, need to find the key again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. But yeah, but that first week um, we did, so then once we re- opened on the Saturday, we did a soft opening. So we had people who were. Um, industry peers, people we knew who came to stay and try things out and um, you know just test the bedrooms and I remember yeah the first, what happens the first day we, we, we go into the restaurant and suddenly the uh, ceiling's leaking because a bath hasn't connected properly and um, you know the lady upstairs at uh, water was coming through into the restaurant and that's like on day two before we'd actually opened to the general public and it's like uh, <laughs> but those little things <laughs> so you can't sort of test every oh. little thing it was yeah. just um but so so we had those sort of teething problems but yeah we opened and um yeah it was a soft opening um we just did sort of few rooms that first week and few covers to get used to things and yeah then went on from there but it it was hugely busy from the beginning because i think it was the first new build in the area and i think it just people wanted to come and have a look from from all around really so very hard very in busy. a location
0: like this i think to open quietly isn't it because everybody yes. can see you you're yes. so visible i know that's right. much as you might want you I know, know it's, we had the same down on the seafront and we were you know, we stupidly opened in, in may i think and mm. a bank holiday weekend or something ridiculous and it was utter carnage and you just thought oh my goodness i'd love to be on a back street right now and just yeah. be given some well time we, were, we to sort of
1: timed that probably better then in that case after what you have just yeah. said we opened in november oh wow So okay. well, um, that was good i was yeah. thinking
0: friday was a silly day but november yeah is yeah a, november. Is a good yes, yeah is yes, a really yes, good yes, month yes, yeah. yeah we were desperately trying to get the build done ready i said you know if we miss the summer we're, we're, we won't have the finances basically to get mm. um, through the winter do you think that experience because you know i've always said hotels are you, you never know what's going to happen. You know, water through the ceiling. Oh, I don't know, whatever yeah. it might be. Fire alarms going. There's just so yeah. many things. Yeah. But uh, and, and and every day, I used to say, look, you know, the, the, the earlier that something goes wrong, the better, because something's going to go wrong every day in <laughs> in hotel management. So if you can get it done by sort of half eight nine in the morning, it's kind of great. I can get on with my day. Do you think that historic experience, the fact you'd been that sort of you know banqueting and conference manager, I presume over the years, yeah, and, and having your own restaurants, you'd you'd got used to the sort of the chaos and the reactive measure of hospitality. Do you think that helped? Yeah. And did you sort of Just take it all in your stride and go. Look, this is
1: this is what hospitality is. I think hospitality is very much like that, but it's every day is different. So yeah, the experience of of doing it for many many years and understanding the pitfalls that are involved. um, I mean, it's it's there's always something going to go wrong every single day. As you know, there's going to be a letter that comes in. uh, a complaint about something there's going to be an an inquiry for unusual things there's going to be something every day a different style of event going on Um, so no day is the same but the good thing you know what we have done is um put together a great team of people and we're we're very lucky to have um loyal people who've been with us for a long time i mean i think You know, a great thing is, um, you know, our head chef has been here since day one. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. That's impressive. Came over from, um, him and his wife came over from Burj Al Arab in Dubai, where they've been working. Um, They originate um, from, he originates from Scotland. And um, yeah, he's um, arrived here in Christchurch now, got lovely family, three daughters settled completely and yeah um, yeah, does a great job 14 14 years years, and he was here for six months before opening okay so and that's the same we've got and our housekeeper came from the marriott in bournemouth and she's been here since then as well you know it's people that Mm. had big senior positions who've been here for a long time our accountant's been here since pre-opening as well so you know it's so it's, it's that loyal band of people mm. that you're working with on a day-to-day basis um, so it's
0: got easier then from over that first week well pre-covid yeah. say. So. <laughs> i think
1: we were particularly very much hands-on for um a good number of years yeah. um, as we were before and i think then as you get a bit older and time goes on and the, the, the business does change and it gets busier and busier and slightly different people and your market changes and um, you've got more more professional people in place or people that have gained more experience that you can take a slightly hands-off approach or more of a hands-off approach but i think that's physical not mental Mm. i think you're you're always here you're all as as anybody in hospitality is you're always worrying about the numbers you're always worrying about the bank Mm. it's natural you worry about the people um Mm. because they they they, you know they they like family you know they're sort of and then in the, in the summertime, there can be up to 105 of us. Um, g- generally, now at the moment, there's 80 of us. Um, but everybody's got their own story, and it's um, the um, HR on the people aspect of it is tough. But we try and do as best we can and develop those that we see have got potential, and we w- work together training programs um, and management development programs Make it make it fun. So I mean, last year, our, our, um, our Juliette is our training, training person, our guest relations manager, a vast experience in hotels, um, trained everybody in teamwork and ended up everybody doing a skydive so ten of them did a skydive for charity, which Not was used. great. I was due to do it. Right. Unfortunately, I had um, an illness oh, that was. Um, so I was written really off by of the doctor. Yeah. Oh, and I was that there. On, I was there on that. the day, and I was doing it, and the, we were. It was all called off because oh, of the really? weather. Right. And then, in between that time and when they actually did it. Um, Sort of, I wasn't able then to do it yeah. after. So, but I'm going to have to do it secretly, aren't yeah. I, to well, get I it done? So, yeah, because just I can't be the one not done it. Just to yeah. show that it happened, <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. H- having been uh, a restaurateur for 10 years and then coming to the hotel, do you think there's a big difference between running restaurants and running hotels?
1: Yes, there is a, a big difference. Um, yeah, because yeah. it's 24 um, 7, completely. I mean, you know, with the restaurant, um, you have got those downtimes when it is closed when there's people not there you can um but you know you know you've got a mix <laughs> so not, you've got all the worries in all directions yeah uh yeah i mean i've always been hotelier it's it's you know we've always been hoteliers um so doing the restaurant for that time was 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 great experience but um it wasn't what i wanted to do forever you know so this is what this is a career that I couldn't see myself doing anything else.
0: That's interesting. Why, why did you want to add the hotel? Because it adds a level of complexity, I think, doesn't it? Once you stick a hotel, absolutely yeah. mad. Yeah, I can't.
1: You know, honestly, I don't know. Um, it's really tough. Out. Yeah, <laughs> yes. it's funny, isn't
0: it? Yeah, yeah. but it's, it's, it's but it is
1: just there. I think the you know, it's, you you get a lot of regulars. Lots of people coming. We're doing a restaurant, but you know, people who come and stay time and time again. People who come every year. People who come for celebrations. Come and stay for the whole of Christmas. Come and stay for New Year. You know, and it is like we welcome people back after this time, and they bring relatives, and you know, and and it is it's got that good feel about it. You know, mm. we've still got that. Um, independent hotel feel uh, as opposed to a corporate hotel feel. Um, and I think I, 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 we developed that skill or I developed that skill f- from, the, from the time when I was working for the manager at um, the Castle Hotel at Windsor um, because he actually made that hotel run like an independent hotel. So, so you know, Christmas time all the management team on Christmas Eve would, would get together and do a, a play that we'd rehearse and have a laugh rehearsing um, and, and and just because of the history of Windsor and he'd tell the story and the guests would be there and it was just totally different to uh, to any other corporate hotel or any other big company hotel. It's very personalised and um, I think that sort of stays with you that you know you've got to create it uniquely for and make each person stay special as best you can. Yeah, nice. so, yeah.
0: yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because it is a you know undoubtedly tough sector. You know, always open, uh, tight margins. But there's something about it. Yeah, I mean, where else would you be getting a group of people together and doing a play and meeting all these? people? I know, I know exactly. I know that is guess, really unique. Isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah. So I think you, it's tough though because, um, as you say, the margins are tight all mm-hmm. the way along the line. And people think you make an awful lot of money, and you don't. And it's you know very very small margins. But and and it's also a business where you've got to reinvest continually um you just got it's like force bridge you've got to keep painting mm. we're doing it now even while we're close mm. you know we've got people painting bedrooms and we've got some bathrooms being replaced But all when there's no money coming in. (laughs) So it's so worrying. We're doing exactly the same. You sort of think, my
0: goodness, this is ridiculous. From a cash flow perspective, what a bonkers time it is to be investing. But then, you know, it's such a unique opportunity, isn't Mm. it? Because we're closed and you just think we've got to do it. My chef came up this week and he's like, oh, we need two new rationale ovens. And he's been telling me for years and we just keep them limping along. And it's, you know, it's 11 or 12 grand and you think you got to sell a lot of food you to have. make the 12k mm. just just mm. just for two ovens which is such a tiny mm. you know proportion of the business so yeah it's bonkers really um you you really uh you know became instantaneously famous i think locally you know as 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 adding something different to the mix and uh for real sort of quality um were there any interesting guests you know sort of fed, there were always rumors going around about famous guests in those first few years any any particularly interesting people that came to stay that also really helped put you on the map I suppose
1: yeah th- we were very lucky at the beginning because we um it was at a time when BIC was really
0: Bournemouth International Centre yeah, for those yeah, yeah, sorry, know, that's yeah all right sorry. yeah I'm with you Bournemouth International
1: <laughs> Centre was very popular as a venue for um big acts um to come and play at and um we were very lucky in the fact that lots of the stars wanted to stay outside of bournemouth not in stay in central bournemouth and then we were sort of seen to be a great um, venue for that we've got a coach park we had we had a coach park right next door to the to the hotel um so that was easy access for for people to come with their touring buses so yeah we did have some famous acts we, you know we had um we had um, the Gallagher brothers from Oasis, and when they were going through their disputes, so we had one in a suite one end of the building and another in a suite at the other end wow. of the building. Never the twain shall meet. Yeah, but it did create some publicity. Um, we had Girls allowed here, um, probably pretty early on. They were quite famous um, lying here out on the terrace, making, making the most of the, the sunshine. Um, probably our most famous guest who put us on the map. Quite recently was um, Hugh Grant, who came to stay with his family for Easter, which was which was good fun. Um, I think it wasn't a, the private stay that he uh, he wished it to be. I think publicity got out there as soon as they they, they went out for dinner oh, really? to the local Indian restaurant on the first um, yeah. evening, and then they went to a couple of other restaurants we sort of introduced them to. But um, yeah, they were here for a, a good okay. few days, so, just so that's that. good. Yeah. yeah, so the so that we did get our name yeah how do you get on
0: Hugh Grant's kind of uh, hotels of choice list is that do you know I know just, well it was to do it,
1: it was to be fair to do with his um, father who right. lives not, not too far away um, and they wanted a family Easter nice. so yeah,
0: yeah that's good that's pretty cool isn't it yeah. But yeah well good it's nice to know that some of the rumors that I heard were uh, yes because yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. really you know, prior to that everyone used to go out to the Juton Glen I think and places like that yeah I, I were, think were the, the first those,
1: yeah I think we were the first place as an opportunity then yeah I think um the uh greenhouse in bournemouth Mm. now is pretty much place where where they'll go as well yeah um we lost bad locally (laughs) we lost our coach parking uh, ability um as the local authority had to make some more car park spaces so um um, it's lost its tourist bus stops at the moment so we're trying to fight to get those back really yeah so yeah okay i never um
0: yeah, we never had a coach park. I'll use that as my excuse, and all the River the View for our little yeah. uh, hotel. We had, um, yeah, uh, Skinner. I've forgotten his uh, first name. Frank Skinner, the comedian. Oh yeah. And um, Katie Price came to stay in the early days, and a few sort of yeah, oh yeah, people, well, that's good. random people yeah. back in the day. But yeah, it's funny who, who who rocks up just just out of the blue. Yeah, um, I
1: think uh, they you know they still rock up. Um, you know, we had Miranda Hart staying here recently Claire Balding you know we have a few That's still good, lots yeah. still come yeah, through and and those yeah. that have been before always come back McFly for example really? you know and sadly we've got we have Darren Der- Brown um but obviously they've just had to cancel everything yeah. for, and their industry is... Do you ever get them to dying. do a little
0: fringe gig outside on the faces? They're obviously playing in the big ones. Can you get them to do a little <laughs> gig in the bar? Or? Yeah.
1: Well, it, surprisingly, at the, at the very beginning, we did have quite a lot because we had the X Factor tours, right. um, which was quite big for us in the early days. I mean, in the end, they didn't come to the BIC because it, that venue wasn't big enough for them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they always did renditions in the bar and really? played the piano Excellent. and sang. yeah, yeah it's good it's fun. good isn't it yeah. i can
0: always say to the big, i'd say look we you know we've got the lovely balcony overlooking the ocean down on the seafront yeah I was like, look, if ever we can get any of those bands just to come down and do a little bit of a of a gig overlooking the sea it'd be yeah nice. but i need to i need to work harder on that and <laughs> the other thing you did really well um was getting the local community involved and um you know that's nice so, so all too often hotels especially i suppose you know in what should be a a, a, you know an area that's accessible to the locals because it's right on the waterfront as you said you know you overlook a little nature reserve where lots of people walk their dogs Mm -hmm. and all too often it can feel like these sort of you know out of town investors have come in I suppose with a load of money and built this very prestigious hotel and it's famous people and and, uh, rich people coming down and drinking on the terrace but you never had that reputation straight away people were Mm -hmm. coming in and eating and drinking I know you got involved with the sort of local food festival was that very a very conscious effort to make sure that you were part of the community
1: Yes, definitely. Um, We wanted it to be a hotel that people wanted to come to from the local community. Um, We never, ever set out for it to be elitist in any way, shape or form. And I think the... um, In fact, to be honest, we we set ourselves a target of being a four-star hotel because of the facilities that we wanted to provide. It was never necessarily about the the standards there. We always wanted to exceed customers' expectations, but... um, to attract the local community was very important to us. And yeah, I've been involved in the local community for quite a long time. Um, I was in the Chamber of Trade. I still am actively involved with the local Chamber of Trade and Commerce, and I was president in the year 2000 with them. And I um, then took a break from the um, Food Fest, sorry, from the Chamber of Trade, um, because as a Chamber of Trade, we developed the Food Festival and along with mary reader i was a co-founder which was um 20 years ago we, d- we did it as a project for the millennium um, wow. which was which was great fun and um every year for 20 years we we delivered the festival which got bigger and bigger oh, and it's bigger incredible. and yeah, it was it's a great great yeah, success exceptional. Yeah. um grew, grew from being just a high street event onto onto the Quamps and um it got a reputation national reputation it's being one of the finest food festivals. It, it is and amazing. we attracted a lot of the celebrity chefs to come and do demonstrations and yeah it was it was really good and and from that we had fringe events all year round for the festival. So it was known as a as an all year round event, even though it was only concentrated on the the, the weekend of the market was two two of the days. But um it was really interesting. And it was um, only after we we had done decided to do 20 years and that would be enough we were there was a few of us who were on the original committee and um it was time to, to hand over um so um we we handed over to the real food festival company um a guy who lives locally but um, has a very successful business in london and does food markets professionally um it's not as a commercial venture for him even well it will be eventually but he just he wants to keep it going in the way that it we we had it as very much a community event mm. sadly 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 obviously because of the uh, pandemic um it wasn't able to happen mm. last year so um whether it can happen this year now we'd be not mm. quite sure but i do hope may may, may. Yeah, it, we did move yeah, it yeah. Like i think to be fair he, this year they're looking to move it to june and that's really in readiness for next year when it's the queen's um jubilee Something. again yeah, yes I was gonna say, it, it's d- diamond I think. yeah <laughs> so that's which is in june so i think we're okay. going to try and get it so it's in line with that
0: yeah so. F- fan- fantastic event brilliant. but yeah H- really you.
1: it's it's good to be part of the community mm. with that um yeah so i've yeah. always kept myself involved
0: and then through that I was reading a little bit about the Christchurch Food Festival Education Trust. Yes, uh, Is that still running? Yes, uh, very that, much so. And yeah. that was about, yeah, helping, you know, with, with, yeah. with... I always think we have a responsibility, I guess, in our sector to understand food and drink and where it comes from. Absolutely. Both the impact on the planet, but also the impact on, on humans. So, so yeah, what, what is that trust? Yeah,
1: um, that, that's run very much by... Uh, there's a small group of, of us who are trustees, but um, very much at the forefront and the leader is Mary Reader. On that Um, Mary goes with chefs into schools into junior schools and teaches um, food education they do demonstrations exactly where food comes from using fresh ingredients um, looking at influences from all over the world different food cultures um, basically making people very much aware I think when the curriculums released sort of food technology wasn't necessarily a big part of it we wanted to make sure it was and and um, now y- you know we've got Colin, Colin Nash from the three tons for example um, we'll go in with Mary to a lot of the junior schools and do thousands of students every year um, to basically you know educate them right. and um, yeah and and this it's is all ongoing. local schools basically all local schools yeah all local Christchurch okay. I think we, we have stretched out as far as Ringwood yeah. um, But obviously we are really, it's a Christchurch-based charity. And this is
0: educating kids where food comes from, how to cook, how 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 to to cook it, what's good to eat, presumably. What is good to eat, yes, exactly.
1: You know, the five a day, again, just going through all the, everything, and and trying to get them. We've got little booklets that we give out, so they've got things to take away, and we've got our own aprons and memorabilia. And this
0: is a self-funding? Yes. It's a charity? Basically
1: it's a charity. We have to fundraise. We've been given um, a legacy, um, we 've been given m- donations um, we we raise money from the main food festival to provide funds for the education trust um so yeah mm-hmm. and we're we're probably going to at this time we have a little bit of funding available so we 're going to try and be um to give out grants to people to support what schools are doing because obviously at the moment we we 're not allowed to go into schools yeah actual face to face, but we are looking at an initiative to do something like Zoom. Yeah. Can we do a Zoom demonstration? Can Amazing. we do that sort of thing? Okay.
0: Well we need to talk more about that separately because uh, I interviewed um, Naomi Duncan from Chefs in Schools recently. Oh, yeah. So a charity up in London. Yeah. And uh, and was chatting about you know, my wife's a primary school teacher. Yeah. We have some schools come into um into the restaurant uh and, and we did a, a sort of a bake off thing recently where they had to come in and um, Know, judges are kind of assessing their food and stuff like that but the, you know the kids absolutely love it and yeah. i think it's such an important responsibility um so i think yeah as a sector the more we can do locally so yeah we'll have a we'll have a good chat about it yeah, we'll um i want to touch a little bit then just just sort of draw to a close uh, as we're nearly uh, out of time um Around the industry and around the pandemic, so so pre-pandemic, certainly in the restaurant side of the industry, and this is probably national but definitely local. You know, there was a real oversupply in restaurants. It was really hard to find chefs. It had become a sort of it felt like a very competitive uh, couple of years. The rollout, I suppose, of so many sort of you know chain restaurants. Locally, we had um, you know sort of BH two. I think was it open with with you know oh, fifteen yes. or sixteen different restaurants. Mm. You know how was trade pre to pandemic? What was your experience of the sort of tw- the last twenty four months? I suppose we had brexit and elections was, was things yeah. still positive or was it challenging? had it changed much from the sort of a decade ago, I suppose?
1: um yeah, it become much more challenging it um things had changed um, I think it was it's very much a competitor market um, people were looking at prices of of menus, etc. There was a lot more consideration for when they went out and there was a lot more places for people to go. So the choices were there, and and obviously there's only so many people to go around. So it was a a tough time, I think a tough time for everybody. Um, So, yeah, things had slightly stagnated, I suppose, we could always say, in terms of turnover for the the restaurant. Fortunately, the hotel um, was still doing particularly well. Um, But the good thing, what we always wanted to encourage people that came here was that they would be able to have um a variety of places to go and eat. I mean that was a that was a, a concerted effort. We didn't want to attract market where people came here for a weekend, stayed and ate in Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday lunch, then went home because they wouldn't come back again. We wanted to show them that this area is worth coming back to time and again. Mm-hmm. So we always encouraged people to go out to eat in other restaurants. But I say it was very tough with the the chains coming in. Um, you know, Christchurch we've got We sort of seem to have loads and loads and loads of restaurants opening up. Um, And yeah, some have now gone by the wayside. Um, But those that deliver quality, those that deliver appeal, um, survive through. Mm. through these and then your your experience of the
0: pandemic I suppose and maybe mm. we'll touch on some of those restaurants and, and whether they will all get through but, but how's your experience been have you had to go out and, and, and borrow a load of cash has it been terrifying have you managed yes. to batten down the hatches <laughs> and, and hold on tight are you Absolutely. stoic or have you? Uh, has it been a sort of edge of the seat kind of ride just talk us through it a little bit the whole thing <laughs> all of the above
1: I think um, I think the um, difficulty at the beginning was not knowing it was you know now we're a little bit more experienced in it but when it first started um it was a real panic situation because what would we have to do what was what was going on we were you know offered the opportunity of the job retention scheme which was a great help we were offered the opportunity of the um, business rate relief um, which again was a great help Um, but obviously as a business it's 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 costly for a hotel to run you know the the expenses to keep it open month on month regardless of whether there's anybody here or not is you know is expensive because you cannot shut everything down you know especially now in this time of year you've got to keep everything warm and going and whatever it is and you know we 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 in the first in the first lockdown we we closed down our pool everything completely and then it was so expensive to restart it all up again. Um, we had maintenance issues, t- which were, which wouldn't have happened had we kept it going. So there's all these things to think about. Um, then in the first instance, we had to go to the bank for a for a loan because that was what it was being offered, the Siebel's loan. Um, and we worked closely with the bank to get it, but they were giving us at the time that we wouldn't reopen for the first time until September. So it was a really big long-term cash and we thought God, how do we get through this and our loan was sort of based on, on on that basis that we wouldn't reopen until september on reflection then when we did open um reopen which was right in time for the summer um it was um it was a it was a great kick you know we we, we all did really well i think we suffered the well we didn't suffer i think we um took advantage of the the good weather eat out to help out scheme help many um and it was really really busy and we didn't have to touch our loan at that stage and then suddenly we're back into another lockdown and then another lockdown so effectively the six months that the bank had forecast we would be closed we have been closed so um now we're edging into the time when we've been instructed it'll be time to start paying back the loan and we still haven't got any idea when we're going to reopen um it's going to be tough again on cash flow but we've got that loan still in place so we have to touch some of it we'll have to touch it now mm. to keep us going i mean yeah. because we you know it, we 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 at the beginning because again we were told we wouldn't reopen till september and we were going into the winter so we we had to do the uh redundancy review um to to, to look at jobs and see how many people we would have to lose so we had to set up consultancy because we thought we'd have to lose 25% of our staff at least um, wood, unfortunately we haven't had to do that because we were able to reopen for the summer and we've kept the majority of staff on mm. which is great news so um, the same team will be here to relaunch again and hopefully go in for another busy summer mm. so
0: well that's good so, so you've got yourself into a sort of a holding position yeah. where you can get through because we are now faced with this unknown as I think you know we were all hoping it would be Easter, mm. April. Now we're being told, you know, maybe May, and then there's, you know, yeah. it seems to be flicking between those two dates. We're all paying a significant chunk for furlough, for you know, p- p- pensions and well, that is pensions
1: and national insurance, yeah, contributions, which I'm sure is costing you, yes, you know, does, thousands yes, or yes, tens of thousands yes, yeah, a month yeah, in, in yeah. the
0: same way as us and, and across the yeah. sector. Uh, and I know that's, um, you know, really hurting a lot of hospitality businesses because they've got zero revenue for so long. But we're hanging on in there, desperate because if we can trade for the summer yeah maybe we can get ourselves out of this mess I suppose what's your thoughts on on how long may, you know either you personally or, or the industry can hang on for and if you were sat in a room if you got the opportunity to have a, a coffee with uh, Rishi and with Boris uh, what would you say to them
1: I think there's a twofold personal point of view you've got the um the harrowing scenes that you see on television, night in, night out on the news, when you see the hospital suffering so much and the NHS working so hard, and you get realistic about the pandemic and the effects of the pandemic, and you know you've got to do your bit. And we're doing our bit. We're just asked to do our bit a bit more than others. Um, It's costing us a lot more than it is costing others. But, um, you know, if I was having that coffee I mentioned Rob Rees earlier, um, who lives in Melbourne, and um, you know he said that they'd had six months of lockdown tough, but once they would got through it, they were COVID free. Now, a new strain has just come in, which has changed things now at New Year, but it seemed to work by doing it properly. I think this stop and start hasn't necessarily helped. And had we, in hindsight, done six months in one fell swoop, we might be in a very different position, but who knows with the new strains coming in. Um, I think it's very difficult for them in the position they're in because we've all got to pay back everything they're giving out in support grants. Um, I would suggest that their support grants aren't genuinely realistic. I think it needs to be wider spread. I mean, to put a limit on the grant of 9000 pounds if your rateable value is above 51000 is um phew, tough when you know our rateable value is 350000 so you know the 9000 isn't going to touch the sides well, particularly so when you so didn't qualify yeah, the first time around, exactly either, yeah 51k got yeah, zero in the yeah, first round 9k in the second round yeah, you are like wow yeah, people in the
0: first round I know, less than 51k got 25k yeah, so yeah I know, it does I know. seem crazy doesn't it so
1: yeah so yeah i i feel for them i do feel for them Um, I feel more for us. (laughs) You feel more for us in our industry. But, you know, and I think that, how can I say it? We've lobbied a lot. Um, Locally, we've been very lucky with the people who have been lobbying on our behalf. You you know, you mentioned you've spoken to Robin Hudson. He's been lobbying for the Minister of Hospitality, which when you listen to the debate in Parliament, well, in Westminster Hall, it um, it was a genuine feel of support for the industry, without a doubt cross party support for the industry, didn't result in us getting a minister of hospitality at the table, um, which I think will in the future happen. I think we'll be recognised as one of the key industries in the UK um, who contribute hugely um, to the economy. So I do think we're worthy of a seat at the table. I'm just, we're just very fortunate here in this area that our MPs seem to be very good at communicating directly with Rishi, for example, and getting our message through directly um, as best they can. Mm. So, um, What's your yeah. thoughts
0: on, on VAT and, and rates? Do you think my thoughts
1: on VAT are that we need to, they need to retain the five percent definitely because whilst it's everybody saying about it now. You know, five percent, five percent. It only works when we're trading. You know, we're exactly. not trading, so no. it doesn't help and us at all. I
0: think. What have we traded? Nine, nine yeah. weeks, yes. properly yes. Of, yes. A, of a twelve-month yeah. yeah. period. At the end yeah. of
1: the day. So yeah, so I, it's absolutely essential that VAT remains are you at five percent. optimistic? 5%. <laughs> I'm optimistic that will happen. Yeah. Yeah. I okay. think the lobbying will be. I enough. think
0: it's key, particularly at the minute when when so many of us are you know working hard to try and retain mm. teams. You know, with a three or four month closure, we could easily you know be laying off our teams it wouldn't be the I right know. thing to do sort of mm. you know morally and ethically so we're you know we're taking the pain like you say we're yeah. taking more pain than than most other mm. sectors and, and because we're in hospitality I think in the main we're decent human beings it's always yes, sort of I humans know. first and, it, it? and business second so we yeah. want to look after our teams mm. and, 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 mm. and I'm excited to stand by them but you also go my goodness you know I'm dipping in the pocket every I single know, week know, to, know, to know, keep know, these people on and you just think you know you think how much you pay you mm. mentioned your you know your business rate, yeah, rateable yeah, yeah, value yeah in uh, you know, every year you know I, I, if I looked at the support we've been given I don't know what it would be you know le- less than two weeks taxes I know, that I pay I in know. a year you mm. think e- even if you gave us a year's worth of, of tax that we pay which would be way more than any anything that we've got you know we will pay that back over the next 10 years we'll, yeah. we'll pay that back over and over and over again but yeah we do seem to be a sector right in the in the eye of the storm mm. Um whereby yeah, you know it, it feels like a bit of a no brainer it's like help us out and uh, mm. yeah and we'll get through it i
1: think the thing about us uh, you know the the events industry has been decimated with this fortunately they could how can i say they 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 have sadly had to make people redundant but they've had to taken the the plunge to do that because knowing that their events were not coming back i think this bit of in between us we don't know how long we're closed for Mm. you do keep people on you don't want to make them redundant so as you say we take the hit mm. Yeah. Um, so it's got to come good for us <laughs> yeah spending <laughs> a lot i
0: feel slightly better when i read that weather were spending i think it was four million pounds it was a week that they were burning their cash rate but then they go out and they raise a hundred million i think yeah i haven't quite got the uh the access I know, to do that's that it, isn't so, it? Yeah. um we, we, and we, we have
1: been told that everything we do now is going to be a loan Anything yes. else you need to survive, there will be no more grants, yep. it will be a loan yeah. sadly and it's yeah. got to be paid back yeah, with interest. It, yeah, unless you can get access to investors,
0: you know, debt mm. is a pretty harsh thing if you're in a tight margin business mm. anyway. Uh, add all of that debt and that need to repay that debt i do hope that's the other thing they could do is, is extend that repayment mm. period from yeah. five years to ten years yeah. Yeah. and maybe do another year's interest-free just to give us a chance you know if you mm. give us the vat and the and the business rates give us 12 months to get back up on our feet and absolutely you know we'll we'll do our bit and we'll pay yeah yeah um frustrating though it may be as you said it's a it's a pandemic it's you know it's nobody's it fault it's just something we've got to deal with um we've got to draw to a close mm-hmm. so uh Will you do anything else? How, how much longer? You know, what, what's what's next? Can you see no. yourself with, you said you wouldn't have 16 others. Would you have two others or is this, uh, are you happy with?
1: No, uh, uh, probably about six years ago, we looked at another site in Maidenhead um, on the riverside again, um, but it, we just couldn't make the numbers add up for that for us. No, I think because we, we're low-key, small investors, um, I'm happy with this now. You're happy, <laughs> yeah. I respect that <laughs> Huge. Yeah. As somebody who's
0: probably opened things and gone, you know, they added more and not to the same level as lots of businesses don't really need the complexity
1: people keep knocking on the door and go, do, you do you want to get involved with this not really not really i think yours is so diverse aren't they though everyone is very yeah different, yeah we, is, yeah, uh, we, yeah stupidly which is I get <laughs>
0: excited by the the location of yeah. the space and think yeah what could work for that rather than just rolling mm. out mm. the same concept twitter's a dangerous place somebody got in touch a few days ago and said oh you know mark you should really get involved with this uh you know opportunity would you like to and i just sort of fairly flippantly replied and said um oh, you know, it's a great idea. You know, if you find somebody with the with the cash, then, uh, yeah. you know, we, we, we're practically the dream team, thinking I'd never hear from them again. And then I got an email sort of two hours later with somebody who'd seen this and said, oh, I'd be interested to invest. Oh, and no. I was like, oh, <laughs> stop it. Stop <laughs> Stop creating these opportunities. Yeah. And I was like, well, I'm definitely kicking the can down the road. I was like, can we chat yeah. post-summer? I just want to try and focus on yeah. on getting reopened this year and getting some sense of normality back before I do any anything else. Don't don't need the stress. Mm-hmm. Um, if you could go back uh, 20 years, you know, I'm thinking what, what you were doing 20, Years ago, so that would have been you'd have been in the restaurants, I suppose, wouldn't you? In Spindles, or maybe maybe back a little bit Thor and 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 give yourself some advice if you could sit down at the bar and, and and have a coffee or a beer or a glass of wine with yourself, knowing what you know now. Twenty years later, is there anything you would say to yourself? Why did I bother?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, no, it was. A, it, uh, I think my advice would would have been to yeah, give this a go. It was it's what was meant to be. I uh, wanted to be an independent hotelier, wanted to try it out, wanted to see how it go. Unfortunately, it was still here, which is great news. Um, because honestly, at the time when we were getting the money together to build, I honestly saw the fact that we I would get to opening the doors and that would be it for me. That would be as far as we could go and we, it would have to go. But we battled on and um, and, and we are still here. So... I think my advice would be have another drink, and think about <laughs> it again. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on in there. Hang on stay, in there. Stay for the long term. Yeah.
0: Well, brilliant. Thank you for sparing the time. Yeah. Really good Thank to you. finally get to you. come. Like I say you're not you're not far away from me. Good. Oh. Good to have the excuse to come for a coffee. Um, if people want to find out more, follow either you personally or the hotel. Is there a particular social media channel or best? Is it just best to hit the website? Where should they? Best get? To,
1: best to hit the website and then get links to everything. Yeah. So okay. we're um, yeah it's straightforward. www.captainsclubhotel.com
0: I'm impressed you remember
1: all too often at this point <laughs> of the call, people look blankly and go, oh my God, what's the web address? But well, yes, influenced. if you asked me for my Twitter feed, <laughs> it would be, don't, I couldn't <laughs> tell you, <laughs> or my Facebook. Yeah, <laughs> you
0: are quite private, I think, aren't you? I, looking you up beforehand, oh, no, there's, there's not a huge no, amount about, no. about either of you no, uh, no, no, over no. the internet. So well no, well done. No, for keep uh, it private. Yeah, for being grounded and being <laughs> in the industry for the right reason and it yeah. not being a trophy. So we uh, yeah. really enjoyed the chat. Thank you okay. so much. And uh, I will put some details up on the uh, the show notes on the website for all of the links through to your various stuff. But best of luck getting through, and Thank uh, you. hopefully I can
1: come back in a few months and sit yes, on the terrace and have a yes. Beer. I think we've got that gin and tonic booked. Perfect. For
0: you. Thank, Thank you. Cheers. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Don't forget to support the show. You can head over to the Patreon page or via the uh, PayPal button for a one-off uh, show of appreciation. Every penny you donate saves me filling the show full of ads, and means I can invest in the right kit and the right toys to keep this show on the air those links and the links that tim and i discussed and the newsletter buttons as well are all on the website humansofhospitality.co.uk but for now that's it i will be back next monday with a brand new show enjoy your week
1: cheers